You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. We're continuing our series, Community, today. And the reason why I have these guys here, uh, you can follow on the app if you have the app as well. The reason why I have these guys here today for this series is because I'm talking about healthy rhythms. Healthy rhythms. Um, So I don't know if you thought about the rhythms of your life. Your life needs healthy rhythms. Um, And just like a song needs a rhythm, right? Isn't that cool what they're playing right now? Okay, so let's 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 stop. Okay, that's power. And no, 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 no. This is what I want. Wait, 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 wait. I want you to think of a th- think of a song that you like to play. Okay, just think of it. No, no, no. Don't play it yet. You think of a song that you like to play. Okay, think of it. You think of a song that you like to play. And on the count of three, each of you, you're going to play the song you want to play. No, 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 don't, don't tell them. Don't coordinate. See, trying to cheat. No cheaters allowed. Okay, ready? Play the song that you thought about at first. One, two, three, go. How does that sound? All right, all right. Now... You two, give me Sir Duke. You guys remember that? All right. <laughs> they just want to keep going. How about what else? What else can they do? Uh, Macarena? Oh, God. <laughs> Is that a good song? Is it a bad song? I don't know. <laughs> just the drums, just the drum beat. Hey, 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 hey. Some people are starting like, right? <laughs> Anyways, talking about talk about Bruno. Anybody? Anybody want to talk about Bruno? You want to talk about Bruno? <laughs> no, we're good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Can you give it up? Has anybody been talking about Bruno? Everybody. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Bruno anymore. <laughs> if you don't know what it's about, just go on YouTube. Yeah, just go on YouTube and, and type in talk, uh, talking about Bruno. And, uh, and your life will be forever changed. This is what I'm willing to do at the house. I'm willing, I'm willing and you guys know this is going to be a big step. I'm willing to say, let it go. <laughs> Let it go. Right? Let it go, Bruno. Let's go back to Frozen. (laughs) Healthy rhythms. They're needed. As you could tell, you know, the moment that I asked him to each play whatever song that they had in mind, it didn't sound good. It didn't sound good because they were each going on their own rhythm. And sometimes our life looks like that. Our, our interaction with community look like that because the way that we're living is not in rhythm. There's no healthy rhythms um, involving our community. And when it comes to community, when it comes to, to the way that you interact with other people, we need healthy rhythms of two things that I want to highlight today. Fellowship 
which is we're going to explore that word. Uh, and we need healthy rhythms of solitude. Now, here's my suspicion. I suspect that most people who are often surrounded by others, they're surrounded by people, they think that they're in community. Because they're in a, like, part of a community, they think that they're having fellowship. They think that they're already surrounded by people, so everything is okay. But just because you're around people doesn't mean that you are in community. Just because you're, you're in the presence of people doesn't mean that you are connected. You need this thing. You need, you need fellowship. And fellowship is a healthy rhythm of community. I also suspect that people who spend a lot of time alone, some of you, you have opportunities for solitude, but I suspect that a lot of us who spend time alone because of our fear of loneliness, we find ways to fill the void with noise. We find ways to fill that void with other things. And we never really benefit from healthy solitude. See, you will not thrive if you're surrounded by people you don't know and you don't give yourself the opportunity to be known and to know others. If you don't give yourself the opportunity to truly connect and let people see what's going on in your life. And if anytime you find yourself alone, you find a way to fill that void, turn on the TV, go on YouTube, go on social media and fill your life with noise because you just don't want the silence. It's going to be hard for you to, to find a, a way to practice this beautiful thing, which is solitude. See, and this, was, this is what will likely happen. The issues will pile on. You, have, you, you, you feel the sense that you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And you will have this, this sense, this, this, this depression pulling you down, anxiety even pulling you down. And you're going you're gonna to look for something to blame. Maybe you'll blame God. Maybe you'll blame the people around you like nobody cares. But it's not that nobody cares. It's simply that even though you're around people, you're not connected. They don't know you. And, and you're not making, not only you, uh, they, they don't know you, you don't know them. There's no good fellowship. And when you're alone, you're trying to fill in the void and you're not practicing this beautiful practice, this beautiful discipline of solitude. So I want to explore that from the perspective of Jesus because Jesus had healthy rhythms in his life. And you can, we can extract that from Scripture, not only specific verses, but you can, you can absorb that from his, from his life in the Scriptures. Jesus was committed to these two things. He was committed to fellowship. And you can learn from the Scripture that he was often with the crowds, but also he was with the twelve. And then even more often, he was with the three friends, Peter, James, and John. And he was connected with them. And also Jesus practiced healthy solitude. In fact, his ministry started with it. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, it says that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, returning from the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit to, for, uh, to go to the wilderness for 40 days. He was alone for 40 days to be tempted, tempted by the devil. It says that he ate nothing. He was fasting as well. And, uh, and, and, and so Jesus gets baptized, and he goes out into the wilderness to be alone. That's how ministry started. He practiced solitude. It was part of his rhythm. It wasn't just a one-time thing. If you look in Luke chapter 5 verses 15 and 16, it says this, that even more 
Now even more, the report about him, talking about Jesus, went abroad. And great crowds gathered to hear him and, and to be healed by their infirmities. So Luke is explaining here that Jesus' ministry is gaining fame. He's surrounded by people all the time. There's always people that want his attention. They want to be with him. But here's what he does. Next verse. But he would, would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So Jesus practiced solitude, intentional solitude. This was not something random that he did. Oh, I, ju I just happened to be alone today. He actually uh, built that into his schedule, to his life. And I think it's important for us to pay attention to this and look for healthy rhythms in our in community. So let's explore this. Let's look at this for a little bit. Let's look at fellowship because fellowship is important. You can be in a crowd and be all by yourself. It's, it's, it's easy to see that even, even as we're so close to New York City, right? A city of millions of people. But you can be in there and if you go for a day or you walk the streets and you're in the middle of a bunch of people, but nobody knows you and, and you can be all by yourself. But if you're a part of a community, a healthy community, and you are in fellowship with them, something beautiful happens. You're taking part in this exchange of being known and getting to know people. And that's important. Now, what is fellowship? Because this word can, be, can mean different things to different people, right? Uh, fellowship can be at a study program in college. Or fellowship, for some of you, if you grew up in church, it might be just an outdated room in a church building where old people go to talk after, after service. <laughs> That's fellowship. And so you don't want to think about that. Or maybe, you know, it's the first of the Lord of the Rings movie. Fellowship of the Ring. And because these, this word can sound so old, right? Fellowship. Eh. Words, that, words that can sound dated, they're considered dated, they can lose their meaning. Because, because of their overuse or because we just don't connect our lives to them. So we need to, we need to look at this word with a fresh eye. Because fellowship is something absolutely essential to Christian living. And whether you're a Christian here or you're just exploring and you're coming to church because you need something good in your life, um, you need to know that an essential element of this kind of life, the life that Jesus is leading us to live, uh, is fellowship. Acts chapter 2.42 says this, that they devoted themselves, talking about the early church, to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. The biblical meaning of the word fellowship is the meaning that we're using today, and it means partnership. The word fellowship in the scriptures mean, means mutual contribution, reciprocity, sharing, and, and the way that church people like to say is doing life together, right? It's, uh, it's one of the church uh, platitudes. But it's true. That's, that's what fellowship is. Fellowship is what's supposed to happen in a community. Like I said, it's the act of being known and it's the act of knowing others. It's having people to fight life with. But there's something even greater that happens in fellowship once you cross into that, that beyond just being known. Is that even though companionship is good and valuable, there is this, this exchange that begins to happen because there's a lot you don't know about the world. There's a lot I don't know about the world. And it's in fellowship 
that we get to learn. Because the person sitting next to you knows things about the world that you don't. And so you can, you can learn from each other. But not only that, there's a lot about you you don't know. You're full of mystery. You're full of wonder. And you can't see that in a mirror. You need fellowship. We talked about that in the first uh, instance of this series, right? How friends can pull things out of you that you didn't know was in there. And that's what fellowship does. Like you go into that next step and there are things about you that, that are revealed. And, and when that begins to happen, what happens is this, there's a sense of trust that begins to grow. And we need that. We need that level of connection. Not only trust to share your victories, things that you can brag about. And, and so, you, so you can tell people what you've done. And, and the great, everybody likes to share their victories, right? In social, in social events and in social situations. But it's even greater when you can trust people, when you can trust people with your shortcomings. When you can have fellowship and, and they can see your failures. And you can walk through it together. And that's why I think... This new age of social media, which is almost becoming an old age, right? It's so deceiving. Because the, the way that we share life and, and, and the way that we're designed to, to share life in those platforms, it only focuses on the victories, right? I don't know if you've noticed that social media is so attract, attractive because it's an engine designed for popularity. That's what it is. It's designed for popularity. And popularity has become uh, our generation's highest metric of success, success. Have you thought about that? Success, at the top of the metrics of success, it's popularity. It, which, because we believe in our generation that if you can be popular, all the other things that we desire to be successful in will follow. And to some extent, that's true. I don't want to dismiss the, the value that exists in being connected to uh, people and, and, and being known. But it's not, it's not fellowship. It's not the same thing. See, I don't want to diminish that, but being connected on social media is not being connected for real in fellowship with other people. None of that replaces being part of a community or being face-to-face -face with somebody. Somebody that you can say, hey, I need clarity in this area. Hey, I don't, I don't really know what to do uh, in this part of my life. I need help. I want to move forward, but I don't know how. Things are going all right, but I, I need, I need some, some wise counsel here. We all need that in our lives. See, people often talk about how great it is to be part of something bigger than themselves. Have you heard that sentence before? And many times we understand that. When we hear that, we understand and we think, wow, that's, that's a nice statement. We think of it as a collaborative statement or, or a humble statement, a statement of humility, right? But this is not just a statement of experience. Somebody having an experience in life where they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm part of something bigger than myself. This is actually a statement of fact. You are a part that is meant to be part of something bigger. Each of us, we are not complete by ourselves. And I don't mean that you're not complete persons. You are a complete individual, obviously. But your purpose, 
needs other people. What you're meant to do in this life needs other people. For your life to gain meaning, you need fellowship. This is what Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. Well, Paul is teaching the Bible, uh, the, 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 the church here, uh, this, with this scripture, is he, he's, first of all, he's writing to a cosmopolitan area. There's people from all parts of the world, and the city of Corinth was, was basically their New York City. So they have people from everywhere. And this church just springs up, and they have Jews, they have Greeks, they have slaves, they have free, uh, free people. And, and so he's explaining to them, listen, we're all one body. We're all connected, and we all have a part to play. And this is not just the experience that they were having in church. What Paul is trying to explain here, that's, that's how we were designed, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's where we find meaning. That's where we find purpose. So I want to encourage you today with this idea that fellowship is, is essential for you to grow. That's why we encourage people to go to connect groups. It's not for us. It's for you. That's why I encourage people to join a team. It's not for us. It's for you. It's for others. Everything we do here is, is, is based on fellowship so that we can all uh, bless one another. And on the other side, you have solitude, which is also very important. And we need this dynamic. Uh, there's a, a late psychologist uh, that I, I like reading his stuff because he incorporates not only uh, you know, the religious aspect, but he, the, the way that I've read some of his stuff. And, and it's really, it's really uh, it makes sense to me. And it's really, it goes along with, with the scriptures. His name is Rollo May. And he wrote this. this. He wrote this in the 50s. Okay? He said, Loneliness is such an omnipotent and painful threat to many persons that they have little conception of the positive values of solitude. In other words, we're so afraid of loneliness in our generation that we avoid it. It's socially odd for somebody to like to be alone. If you were at a party and you, and you said, I'm just going to go outside and be by myself. People think there's something wrong with you. What are you going through? Tell me. And you're like, no, I'm fine. I just want to be by myself. No, no, really. I'm fine. Okay, you don't trust me. That's fine. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> because our society is built for popularity. And if you're in a social context, that's always better than being alone. But we need both. We need this health rhythm in our lives. We feel the pressure to be present at everything to, that we are invited to. We feel the pressure to be engaged in everything because we feel like we're going to miss out. But here's, here's what we need to learn. Solitude is the method by which you break free from all the pressures and all the demands of life. And you get to just be. You get to be by yourself. You get to wrestle with things that you're dealing with. You get to find answers. You get to pray, go to God, and have an interaction with God. 
Of course we need fun. Of course we need fellowship. We need interaction. But also you need solitude. That's very important. The philosopher Dallas Willard, he was a Christian. He wrote this in his book, uh, The Spirit of Disciplines. He said, The normal course of day-to-day interactions locks us into patterns of feeling, thought, and action that are geared to a world set against God. Nothing but solitude can allow the development of a freedom from the ingrained behaviors that hinder our generation into God's order. In other words, you need to unplug from the constant work. You need to unplug from from a, a societal mode of living that pulls you away from the way from the God way of living so that you can reconnect to the source of life so that you can reconnect to the one who gave you life and have a new pattern in our, in our lives. It's so important for you to have built in in the rhythms of your life a stop button where you say, today I'm going to stop and I'm going to practice solitude. That's why we, we encourage you to be present every Sunday, to start the week together here because this is one of those things where you just... You're not worried about work. You're not worried about anything else. You're here just connecting to God, hearing a word, and the Holy Spirit will begin to minister to you. Maybe it's not even anything that I say or it's not anything that, the, that we're singing, but, but the God will just use it to, to start a conversation, to start an idea, to start uh, something. And then in your mind and your spirit begin to, to, to grow in that, and, and that's how he guides you. And that only comes when you, when you stop and you practice solitude but this is hard for people especially people who feel lonely it's difficult some of you every time you're alone you can hear Celine Dion singing oh by myself don't want to be all myself anymore oh Because being alone is seen as loneliness. They're not the same thing. Being alone is not the same thing as loneliness. Our culture equates the two, but they are not the same thing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6 say this. Jesus is talking about prayer and the importance of prayer. And he says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others using their relationship with God as a status symbol. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. I love the word reward. Because what Jesus is saying is, this is an investment into your life, right? And you will be rewarded for it. The tension in a message like this is that in a a room like this, we'll have people that have a lot of opportunity for solitude. Some of you, 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 you're alone often. But like I said, it's, it's probable that you're doing it poorly, that 
you feel like you probably have too much of it. And if it's true that you have a lot of time alone, maybe you, know, you need to stretch and build fellowship. Fellowship is what you need to invest in. But also have a quality time of solitude. But some of you, you're with people all the time. Whether it's your kids or your family members or work, you're just always with people. And the only time you're alone is when you're tired and you're in bed. And for that, you need to build in in your life healthy rhythms of solitude. And the problem is when, when, you, when you have too much of either, when you're saturated with alone time and you're saturated with fellowship time or community time, you feel like you, you're already doing it. You feel like, I'm my JD, I'm with people all the time. I have, of course I have fellowship, not necessarily. Or you might say, I'm alone all the time. I don't need to practice solitude, not, not necessarily. Because what matters is the quality. What is the quality of that time? Are you actually getting, know, getting to know people? Are you actually uh, uh, showing yourself and letting people know you, know what's going on? And when you're alone, are you actually connecting to God? Are you, are you wrestling with the things that you're, you're dealing with and, and moving forward? Or are you just like alone? Right? It's not time alone. You're, you're letting other things in the world just fill the void. So we need to increase the quality of our fellowship and solitude times, right? How do we do that? How do we increase the quality? I'm going to give you one thing today that you can do. There are several things that you can do to increase the quality of fellowship uh, and solitude, but I'm going to give you one principle that I believe will change your life. Simple. Right here. Commit to the truth. You ought to commit to the truth. And here's how you connect the two. John 17, 17, Jesus said this, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. This is a little snippet from a beautiful prayer that he prayed. The whole chapter of 17 is Jesus praying for his disciples. And what I think is interesting that I wanted to highlight in the scripture is that he says, Sanctify them in the truth. Have you ever thought of the truth as being something that purifies you? Have you ever thought, for those of you who have been walking with God for a while, have you ever thought of the truth as a method of sanctification? Because the truth, not just the Word of God, but the truth that is in the Word of God. Committing to the truth. It purifies you. It cleanses you. Somebody who's committed to the truth has nothing to hide. Someone who's committed to the truth doesn't have to keep their story straight. It's a freeing way to live. So in fellowship... We ought to follow the principles of Jesus. Quality fellowship happens in three spheres, like we said in the beginning, right? There's the wider community, which means those are people that you're not very close to. You, you interact with them once in a while, but they, they, they are not intimate. It doesn't mean that you have to be intimate with everybody to have fellowship with them. But you can be truthful. You can be honest. You can be genuine. Don't lie. Just don't lie. Don't lie to strangers. Don't lie to clients. Don't lie to co-workers. Don't, like to make, don't lie to make yourself look good. Don't lie to exaggerate. Don't lie to get, a, get out of a problem. Just don't lie. Commit to the truth. Be truthful. 
You don't have to disclose everything to everyone in this wider sphere, but be honest. You do that, you'll see the quality of your connections grow immensely because people can tell when you're being honest. They can tell when you're being shady. Friends. That's the circle. A little bit smaller, right? It's not people that you're super intimate with, but it's people, they know you. They know, they know who you are. They know your name. They know where you're from. The beauty, the beauty of, of being friends with people is that you have a social contract. We already talked about friendship in the first part of this series, so I'm not going to go into much, too much detail. But there's this social contract with other people that they can speak into your life. They can tell you when a joke was not that funny, right? They can tell you when you went too far. They can tell you when you crossed the line. And we need, we need that. We need that in our lives. We need, we need other people to help us. Scripture says that in humility, we ought to consider others um, more significant than ourselves. And this is because when, you, when you're humble and you, and you listen to other people, you kind of, you find a way to orient ourselves. Uh, um, Rollo May said this. He said, man needs relations, relations with other people in order to orient himself. If you don't have other people speaking to your life, you lose your sense of direction, right? So be truthful with faults and all. Allow people to, to see the true you. Here's the problem. If you make a habit of lying to others, eventually you'll lie to yourself. It's inevitable. And if, if you lie to yourself, you lie to yourself out of pride, out of arrogance, out of hate, hate self-hate, self-loathing. And, and that's not good. That's going to be a tough thing to reconcile, to come out of. And then with the most intimate relationships, those are the people that you really contend with. Those are the people that you can't, you can't BS them, right? Is that okay to say? You get too late, he says. But if I ask if it's okay, you know, it softens the heaviness of it. But it's true. People that you really know, people you're married to, or person you're married to. <laughs> people you're really close friends with, your best friends. The brotherhood, the sisterhood that you're a part of. This is why truth is important. It's because truth builds trust and trust builds intimacy you can't have intimacy with anybody if you don't commit to the truth it won't be intimacy and we need intimacy just think about it this way when you lie to people you're sowing death into that relationship when you lie you're sowing death when you when you speak the truth you're sowing life Everything that's rooted in lies will die. But what's rooted in truth will, will live in freedom. And then in solitude, it's the same way. The problem is that, like Alini mentioned this earlier. She was preaching my message during the prayer, and I was like, slow down, lady. No, it was great. She, was, she, she nailed the, the, she hit the nail on the head. I was going to say she, she nailed the hit on the head. She hit the nail on the head. So many times we are not honest with ourselves, 
we're not honest with God. And we, we, don't, we don't often practice solitude because, like I said, we're not, we're not, we, never tr- we never allow ourselves to be truly alone. We always fill the noise, uh, fill the void with the noise of a device or something because we don't want to be alone. We don't want to have to confront certain things and be honest. But that's healthy. It's so important. Let me encourage you to practice truth, to commit to the truth and solitude. That means you work through, you work through things. You consider things. That doesn't mean like you, you live and, and, and you're moping around and you're going like, oh, sorry, me. No, 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 no. You're working through situations and you're finding solutions. You're getting better. In prayer, you're reflecting. You're meditating. You're meditating on the scriptures. You're going through the scriptures, scriptures that, that might even offend you, scriptures that might, might, might uh, reshape the way you think and you wrestle with it. Is it really true? How would this apply in my life? Let me go a little bit deeper. How is that going to make a difference in my life? And then parts of your life that you know are not right. Parts of your life that you know you need to work on. You come to God with it and you say, God, be honest. You know, don't, don't pray to God like he, he needs you to present yourself as perfect. It is the truth that sanctifies It is a truth that purifies. It is a truth that brings you to that place where you are renewed and freed. So commit to the truth. Come to God's presence and tell Him what's really happening. What's really going on. God, I'm having temptation in this area. God, I'm struggling with this area. God, I'm not managing my finances right. God, I'm not treating my family right. I don't know what's up with that. Help me. Because in speaking it out, what you're doing is you're separating yourself from, the, from your sin, from that situation. You're saying, that's what I'm doing. That's not who I am. I need you to help me to overcome that. Because I know that's not who I am, even though it might be what I'm doing. And just in, in that action of speaking the truth, it's, it's so important for our soul, for our heart, but also for our mindset where we say, we need your help, Lord. We're not self-sufficient. We need you. And so I want to encourage you today to build in these healthy rhythms in your life of fellowship. Do what you can to be a part of a connect group. You know, if it gets too full, if it gets too full, we'll start a second one, a third one. Right? But, but do what you can to be present if you can. Join a team if you can't do anything during the weeks. Come in and join a team. You know, the beautiful thing of, of joining a team is you, you, get to, you get to interact with other people, share your life and the things that you're going through. And it's, it's a blast on Sunday mornings because I get to know about everything that's going on in, in people's lives here. TMI, man. <laughs> it's great. So let me encourage you to do that. And, and then in your, in your life, with your families, practice these things. And if you do, you will see the quality of your life go to the next level. You will see that in fellowship and in solitude and in engaging the truth, the presence of God will lead you to where you're hoping to go. In Jesus' name, do you receive it this morning? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Yes.